Hey everyone, welcome to day five. Day five. Day five of our Game of the Year podcasts. Um, this is a different one. Um, you can tell because uh, I'm talking first. It's a weird cure. Yeah. <laughs> you got very gruff all of a sudden. I got a body change. Video games changed. <laughs> so, uh, my name's Mike. Um, Kieran and Paul are with me as usual. Hello. Um, I'm Kieran. <laughs> I'm Kieran. I'm Paul. I'm Mike. This is board games. You're not Paul, It's really <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. So this is our final episode. This is the the board game section that we're going in to do, and we'll we'll try and run through things as quickly as we can and get through. Uh, Mainly because we want to go home. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just run through the board game categories as they come up, rather than running through everything. Uh, so the first one that we have is the party or light game of the year. Yeah. Yes. Um, we have a few nominations. The nominations that we have are Hop, Insider, Nitwit, Agula Karuta, I can hardly ever pronounce that one right, uh, Abla Ubla, Codename Pictures, Beyond Baker Street, Joking Hazard, Bring Your Own Book, and Deep Sea Adventure. So, um, I've got one opinion. I think I'll <laughs> So, uh, there is a game in here It was put in... Um, on the, the idea being that we were going to be able to play it, but we're not going to be able to play it, and that was uh, Abla Umla, which is a party game from Decilis Games, uh, Greek publishers, and it's basically a game where you're trying to name things. Um, so you get a card, and it tells you you need to name movies by Steven Spielberg. So okay. you write down a movie by Steven Spielberg, and then you have to get your team to... Uh, name that game, but the uh, sorry, name that film, but they're you're not allowed to say the name of it. Mm-hmm. So have you ever seen uh, a question of sport where they do that round where they have to describe something but they're not allowed to actually say the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what this is, except that there you might have to do it while biting your tongue. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, you know, so there's some sort of silly challenge yeah. you have to have in it. Um, so um, yeah, but we never got a chance to play that. Um, I mean, all the games that we didn't get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the the games that's maybe not a party game, but uh, is uh, just a quick light game, is one of the Oink games mm-hmm. yep. that we brought back from Germany this year, which is Deep Sea Adventure. Yeah. So uh, I think if you've been following board games and you're on board game geek and things. Deep Sea Adventure is one of those games, particularly from Oink, you are going to hear a lot about. Yeah. yeah. Um, it has got quite a lot of waves. Um, the most gamey of Oink's games. Like yeah. Most of Oink's games are really simple. I mean, with the exception of things like Maskman, but most of their popular ones, things like Insider and Fake Artist, are you know really, really simple variations of you know super simple comp- concept. Yeah, yeah. And this is the one that feels most like they made a board game and they fit it in a tiny little box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the game for anyone that's not too sure. This is the the game where you are all on a submarine, you're diving for treasure, um, and if you pick up treasure, you use air supply. Yeah. Um, and you use once you've got treasure, you use air supply every time you move back up or you move back down. Um, 
but the the twist in the game is everyone's using the exact same air supply. Yeah. So the, the the trick is where everyone will be diving down and then it becomes a game of chicken to see who's going to pick up the piece of treasure first because the minute somebody picks up a piece of treasure you're all going to try and leg it back up. Yeah. Um, and also you you travel, you, tra- you move faster when you're near other people because you hop frog over people. Yes. So if you decide I'm going to go push my luck and go super far down and get all the treasure then when everyone turns back you have like twice as far to travel because you're not jumping over people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, um, you, the, you you roll two dice to figure out your your movement. Yeah. Um, and the dice of uh, the highest each dice die will go up to is three. Mm-hmm. So the most you can roll is a six. Um, but you also remove one pip from the die for every for every dice that you sorry every piece of treasure that you pick up yes yeah yeah um a lot of fun um and it can be quite backstabby in that you know you're not going to get up so you just start picking up treasure so you can use up yeah you can use up here oh you definitely get the point where you pick up some treasure you literally can't move (laughs) yes you're like oh i need to roll because you know you take one off of whatever your roll is based on how many treasure you have so you're like oh i only rolled I need to roll at least a five now. Oh no! And then I managed to move one space. I need to roll a six to move one space because I have five bits of treasure. <laughs> and yeah, so yes. it's impossible at times, but it's fun. Yeah. So um, cool. Um, I think possibly keep that on at the moment. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I like to the joking hazard. You'd like to cut Joking Hazard? Yeah. It's not um, that great from what you guys have talked about. I don't really like Joking Hazard very much. I'm, I'm the same. It's it's okay. It's Yeah, it's okay. That's how I would describe it. It's, it's Cardiac Humanity, but slightly funnier when it works, and even less funnier when it doesn't. Yes. Yeah. And it's, whether it works or not is reliant entirely upon whether the first two cards you... The first card is any good and the card that you have in your hand are any good to place with it and then the, the third card that everyone else has will fit with it at all Cashier's Money at least still had some degree of humour when you're seeing the cards the first time yeah. Yeah. and you're like yeah. that's just so disgusting that's kind of funny that it's in there and it doesn't really have that as much yeah it's I think you said the same thing when we spoke about it on one of the podcasts is that we were playing it and uh, somebody had, in the group had suggested, you know, um, do you want to play something else? Have you had enough now? And that was me. I was ready to stop, and everyone was else was like, oh no, don't stop. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just that style of game has, has has run its course with me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I, I would be happy to to cut that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, has anyone played Codename Pictures? No, nobody, nobody actually has. Um, again, it was one that we'd put on there. We've, we've all played code names. It's great. I've not played code Oh, have you not? No, oh, it's oh, so good. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> really good. So the idea was with uh, we were going to get a game of it, um, particularly for you, Paul, because I know you really like oh, code names. So great. Um, I think we can actually remove that. Yeah, just purely because I didn't think anyone had played it. Yeah. So. No. Um. 
I feel really strongly about three on here, and it probably won't be the same three as everyone else. Well, okay. Um, I don't feel super strongly about Bring Your Own Book. You don't? I don't. Um, I mean, let's throw it on here just because it did come out this year. Yes. And it was fun. Um, but like, I don't think it's really got a lot of the depth to this stuff, and it doesn't work super well unless you kind of know the book that you're... I, I think within yeah. the, the if it's played within a certain group, yeah, certain it, amount, it has to be certain people. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you can have a hell of a lot of fun with it. Yes, definitely. Um, um, I, I enjoyed it. But I, as I, I just pop it out at a random group of people party. Well, no, it's yeah. physically impossible to do yes, that. Yes, yeah. yeah. You literally, it's the name of the game. You have you literally have to bring your own book to it. Yeah, it won't work otherwise. So yeah. purely um, for the the kind of party like yeah. game category. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what it is actually because I think we've talked about the podcast much either. No, I, I think we actually yeah. played it. Yeah, because uh, we played the print and play version a while ago. We haven't actually had um, my girlfriend and I played the. You can play a two player as well as there's a two player kind of variation of it, which is okay. Um, but the idea of bring your book, own book is basically everyone brings a book, and you play cards and card. The cards all have two things on them. They either they have two basic questions on your side. It'll be like, you know, find something that sounds most like uh, something a Shakespearean character would say, or something like that. Yeah. And then you look through the book, and you find a line from the book that matches that, or is yeah. the funniest answer to that. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember what the exact rules are. There's a rule that's like everyone has. 30 seconds I think there's an egg timer that comes with this one so you put the sand timer over what, what happens is the first person, the first finds, person finds something and then it's, yeah. it's timed and from there yeah um, and it can be fun like we had some quite funny stuff because uh, I was using a Discworld book you were using uh, the Faulkner Stars the Faulkner Stars um, yeah just because you didn't bring a book you took one of Leanne's I think yes yeah, yeah. And, and she had a pile of books and I was like yes I'll take because no. I, I hadn't read the book but I'd seen <laughs> the film yeah um, and it was one of those where the film was quite where it was very yeah. very close to the book so yeah um, and it's a good way of, if nothing else kind of like getting you kind of into a book yeah like, because part of the part of the game is that and in one of the rounds everyone trades their books you pass your book around yeah so you're looking at a book you've not seen before and you're flicking through it to find stuff which could also yeah. mean you inadvertently spoil yourself yes but yeah. It's, yeah it's still really fun yeah. Um, yeah I think one of the best ways of describing it I've, I've seen is it's kind of it's a bit like Quiplash except you don't come up with the, your own answer you find it from a book yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. that's a good example yeah. or even like Cards against humanity, but it's yeah. kind of white cards. You're using sections from book. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really fun, um, but we also haven't played it since the actual physical copy showed up in Kickstarter. Right. Except for when we played the two player one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the physical copy also comes with some bookmarks, though. That's good. You should, you should get. That. <laughs> yeah. You should, you should buy that. You should buy that. Yes. Kieran is a salesman, apparently. Yeah, um, just basically because there is this thing that we always do to each other is um, we show each other board games get get the other one to buy them. In particular, Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't work on me. So, um, cool. Um, so what was the other thing? Yep. Okay, Deep Sea Adventure, Beyond Baker Street. 
Netwit, Insider, Hop, and Ugla Karata. Yes, Karuta. Ugla Karuta was the card game that we played. uh, Similar to Bring Your Own Book in that you're looking for extracts of poetry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But extracts Um, are their own cards. Yes. And an app reads out the line before the line is on the card and then the line on the card and you have to try to find it. Yeah. Really fun game. Yeah. Phenomenally hard if you don't know the poems. Yes. Yes. So, (coughs) how would you feel about cutting that? I'd be okay with it. I'd be alright. I did enjoy it a lot though. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great game. I don't think there's anything on this list except for maybe Joking Hazard that I actually didn't like. Yeah. Right. Yes. Cool. Amen. Actually, I guess Joking Hazard's alright. Um. So, I think um. We we spoke about uh, Deep Sea Adventure. I think um, let's also talk about In- Insider, which is another Oink yes. game. Yeah. So that was a game we spoke about quite a bit on the podcast. Um, it's another hidden role game, so it's one of your favourites, Kieran. Yeah, well, I don't have a favourite, but I... Oh, yeah, it's one of your favourite styles. Oh, yeah, 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 hidden role game, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a hidden role game where one player is the Insider and one player is the kind of the Game Master. Yep. And then everyone else is just people. And everyone closes their eyes, Game Master opens their eyes, they flip over the top card of a deck, mm-hmm. and each of the cards has uh, six words on them, numbered one to six. And every card on the back of them has a number. So you flip that card over, look at the six numbers, uh, six words on it, and you look at the number on the back of the next card, the one that's on top of the deck now. Yeah. And that number is the number of the word on the card that you flipped over that you need to memorise and everyone has to figure out. Yeah. Then the game master closes their eyes. The insider opens their eyes, so they now know what the word is as well. Everyone closes their eyes, game master opens theirs, puts the card back so no one can see it. Everyone opens their eyes, and then everyone has to basically play 20 questions to ask the game master yeah. questions to narrow down what the word is. Unless you're me and you get it in one go accidentally. Which is crazy. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, it wasn't even the only time it happened. It happened when I played it a couple of weeks ago as well. Right. Bizarre. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird that that can happen because the words are so varied it could be pretty much anything. Um, and the insider wants to not get caught because the insider wins if everyone figures out what the word is but they don't know who the insider is. Yes. Yeah. Whereas everyone else wins if they figure out the word. And they figure out who the insider was. Yeah. Which is this weird thing where it's kind of cooperative because the insider wants everyone to win. Yeah. But the insider also wants to make sure no yeah. one knows that they want everyone but to if win. If the insider is pushing too hard towards the word, then you're going to know that's the insider. Yeah. yeah they, it is. So you have this thing where if you are the insider and I think we all had it as well uh-huh. where you know at one point the group is off on a tangent and you need to get them back because there's a sign, sign time the time is ticking away yeah yeah. and it, you have to put all your car put all your eggs in one basket as well you need to get them back on and I think we all tried different things I tried to get people onto the right track of thinking yep. um, and overstated it and just overcooked it and got caught. It's um, really hard to be the, <laughs> the hidden role in this game. Yeah. Um, but it's I, I think I did. I when I was in Twitter, I did the same. Everyone was like, no, you're asking too specific a question. Yeah. Oh, you play like my girlfriend where 
she wasn't the insider, but she just kept asking questions and no one got a word in and she got the word. But we couldn't figure out who the insider was because she was the only one who asked questions. She yeah. asked like a thousand questions in 20 seconds. Um, and we had to tell her to slow down so we could play the game properly. It was quite funny. Um, I, did re- I really liked it. I don't know if I like it as much as some of the other stuff on this list, though. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, um, like, like Nitwit. Like Nitwit, yes. I'm terrible at Nitwit. Uh, yeah, the Nitwit can cause some serious analysis paralysis in it, but I love it. It's, uh, it's so good. It's a really good game. So, um, Nitwit is a party game for up to eight people, and basically what you're doing is you're making Venn diagrams mm-hmm. with um, bits of string, uh, coloured bits of string, and um, spools. So the way that you would have it is um, the first time you put a spool down. Now the spool, you've got eight spools that signify the uh, signify the words that you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now the pieces of string that you put around the spools, they are the descriptive char- categories yeah. that you have to name something. So if you may have uh, a spool mm-hmm. and it's got two loops around it, and uh, the the loops uh, have words on the end of them, so it may be something harmful and something stinky. Yeah, that means you need to come up with something that's harmful or stinky. Okay, purple uh, and historical. Yes, purple and historical was uh, something that we came up when we we played a game today as well. Um, so you have all of these words, and you can act, uh, depending on how you place the loops around the spools, you can sometimes have a spool that has four descriptive yeah, yeah. Ca- categories. I think we had something. Purple, harmful, dis- uh, historical, and bright. Yeah, something like that. You know, and it's like With something blue, sharp, slow, slow and living. living. Yeah. Um, so uh, swordfish with the dodgy film. Sonic the Hedgehog with <laughs> a broken leg. Yeah. So we have all of those uh, those things, um, and yeah, like the answers that Paul and Kieran just gave there. They can be as serious or as nutty as the game, kind of. But you need to decide with everyone before that they're going to be nutty. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, it will come across in the group that you're playing with. It, yeah. it kind of naturally brings it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to scoring, if you, you read out, you know, n- num- word number one was meant to be something harmful and stinky, and then you all go around and yeah. say what you put down. If there's any duplicates, you score no points for those. And there's a house rule that, or it's a suggested variant rule even in the game, that the most funniest rule you can give a bonus point to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you score a point for every descriptive tag that's in the word. Yeah. Um, there is also bonus uh, bonus buttons. So the person that finishes writing down their eight words first grabs a button, and uh, somebody will grab another button. And So if you're playing with four players, there's three buttons. Um, and you know when the last button's grabbed the final yep that's it you have to stop writing and you do it Um, I really really like Nitwit oh it's it's really really good Um, I think it's um, it is one of my favourite board games of the year it's a perfect game for um, just starting things off yeah yeah. Um, it's a good little game for doing that um there's two other games we need to talk about, and then we can kind of look at um, whittling this down. So, Beyond Baker Street, Kieran. 
I really like Beyond Big Street. Um, <laughs> yeah, Beyond Big Street is a game where you're racing Sherlock Holmes to solve a crime. Um, Sherlock Holmes is a lot smarter than you. Takes him a lot less time to solve a crime than it'll take you. Yep. Um, but he has a little token that moves up every time you guys take an action. And the, the way it works is there's a, <coughs> a location, a suspect, and a motive, I believe. Yes. Um, which are just represented by three little piles of, like, three cards or so. Yeah. Um, and they have different colours, they have different numbers on them, and you win by playing cards under each of them that add up to match the colour and number on the cards that are there. So if the motive has a green thing and has a number six, you have to play cards that add up to six. Yep. You have to play a five and a one, you can play two threes, or they're probably two threes, but you can play like a two and a four. Um, but then the catch of the game is you don't see what's in your hand. Yes. So you have a hand of three cards, I believe it is. Um, yep. I think, yeah. But you never look at them. You turn them around the other way, and everyone else around the table can see what your cards are. You can see what everyone else's hand of cards are. Yeah. Don't know what yours are. Yeah. And so every turn you can give people hints. And hints work by saying that if something, like if multiple cards in the hand fit the same hint, you have, you to, have to tell all of them. Yeah. So you can't just say, that card's got a two on it. You have to say, both those two car- cards have twos on them. Yeah, or, or, you know, all of these cards are of the same colour. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of Beyond Baker Street is sometimes reading about the information you haven't been given. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if you've told what, if there's somebody that has their cards and nobody has given them any clues, well then it should be apparent that we don't want you to play any of those cards. Yeah. For fuck's sake, do not play any of yeah. those cards. Exactly. Um, yeah, I Beyond Baker Street is a really, really good game as well. Yeah. Definitely on the co-op side. Um, yeah, I I really like it. Um, I've been meaning to get more games of it recently, but I just haven't had a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, it only goes up to four players, I believe. It's, yeah, it's a four-player game, so it a little less than I usually have it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I find that there's and a lot of times where you are playing and you're playing with a little more yeah. than... Yeah, you usually got... I've usually got five or six. Yeah. Um, because most people come in couples, pretty much. So yes, it's like, yeah. oh, right. Um, and usually what we do for games like that is people just pair up. Like, we're playing, you know... I can't think of an actual example. Uh, Splendor. Actually, we play Splendor. One time we've had people just pair up and play that way. And it right. Works, it works fine. Yeah. Can't really do that when the whole crux of the game is you're pointing your hand the other direction. It doesn't yeah. really work. Um, can kind of do it, but it's not really the ideal way to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really... <laughs> cool. So the last game we, we need to talk about in this category is... Um, it was kind of a surprise the way that I I explained it to everyone I think, um, and it was the it was the way that I played it when we pl- we went to go and test it and play it in Germany, yeah. and that was Hop. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can kind of talk about it now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I for two different factors. One, I would happily make this the 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 game that won this category because it's just so fun. You have so much of a laugh playing it. 
on the flip side of that coin, for ease of setup and ease of just like having it in a pocket to pull out uh, on the kind of party and light game section. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, it is a light game. This is the lightest of games, yeah. arguably. It's the, yeah, it's the lightest of games, arguably. But yeah, for like, you know... Just throw a hoop at people. Yeah, but for like, ease of use to like build the whole kind of structure in yeah. the centre and everything, I'd knock it out of the category for that. You don't really need that stuff. No. It looks real nice, but you, it's, just, it's just a score tracker. That it's is a just really overcomplicated yes, score tracker. It's a, yeah, yeah. Um, so just basically, Hop is a it's a dexterity game mm-hmm. where uh, the idea is that you are throwing a, a hoop yeah. to people and they're catching it with uh, one finger extended. That's the only way they can catch it. But the the twist on the game is that there are a bunch of cards that dictate how yeah. the hoop is either going to get caught or how it is going to be thrown so you may be told to you have to throw the hoop with your eyes closed yeah or the the person catching the hoop has to be lying down with their arms stuck up in the air or my personal favorite you have to toss it while lying horizontally on a chair yes yeah, yeah. Um, or you have to be standing up on the table. <laughs> yeah. I, there is all sorts of weird and wonderful we things. We didn't do that one. No, we didn't. No, do that one because I don't table. think anyone wants to stand on a table. Just on a table. But yes, it's a very very light game, and I think a lot of the well, the way that you describe how the game is played and explain it to people, they then get the the the, the big reveal of listen, it, this game is just about throwing a little hoop to each other. Yeah. Um, and it goes down really well. Um, so in terms of getting rid of things, so we're down to three. Okay, I'm going to give you my three, and then you can refute, dispute, right? Okay, kick them out because I'm the one that plays all these board games out of the three of us. I would go hop insider and nitwit to keep those in. Yes. I would go Hop, Nitwit, and Deep Sea Adventure. Partly because I just don't think Beyond Baker Street is actually quite... It, I, I think it's a bit more... It's not... It, it's a it's bit still a light game, but it's not as light as these ones. Yes, yeah. There's a bit more depth to it. Um, so, we would get rid of Deep Sea... Did you say get rid of Deep Sea Adventure? No, I, I, I said, said keep Deep Sea Adventure. I said, I said get rid of Insider. Yeah, I said get rid of Beyond Baker Street. Right, okay. Because I think... Yeah, I think there are... I'd be okay with Insider going for Deep Sea Adventure, but only because I've not played Deep Sea Adventure, and I realise it's probably very good. Um, I really like Insider, but I do think Deep Sea Adventure is a slightly better game. Yeah. I think it's more of a game. In a lot of ways. Um, but I guess in a lot of ways, the light category is <coughs> kind of things that are like Insider. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so, we're left with Hop, Nitwit, and Deep Sea Adventure. Really <laughs> I'm really terrible at it. I didn't land any of my goals. <laughs> I landed quite a few. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't you, land, you landed your fucking mental one where you were lying on a chair, which made no sense. <laughs> did I not win? I think you might. I think you did, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. That's why I probably <laughs> liked it so much. It's really good, and it has some of the <coughs> best art. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the game is so simple, and it's basically just you throw a hoop, they spend all of their money making stupidly nice-looking score trackers, basically. Yes. You have these really in-depth miniatures that look nicer than almost anything else. They're just toys. Yes. Yeah. Which makes sense, because this game is primarily aimed at kids. Yes. 
The, the, the so little chippy figures are just so yeah, nice. There are things that if you give those to a kid, that they would sit and play with them. Regardless yeah. of the board game, they would sit and play with the toys. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, I do like Hop, um, but I think um, I think I prefer Nitwit. Yeah. I, I really love Nitwit. I can, I can also go with Nitwit. I really enjoy Nitwit. I, I would happily let you play Nit, put Nitwit. In yeah. First place, as long as Hop gets its mention. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. It's in the it's in the runner up. Hop is dexterity game of the year, being the one dexterity game we played. <laughs> yes, that was only because none of us bought Junkart, the dexterity game that everyone's going mental about this year. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, uh, so our uh, party stroke light game of the year is uh, Nitwit with uh, Hop and uh, Deep Sea Adventure. Thank you. <laughs> Deep Sea Adventure being the, the runners-up. Uh, so next in our category, um, which my categories keep running away because I'm trying <laughs> to do this through my, using my phone and the interface is not the best. Uh, so, um, cool. So the next one we have is the strategy game of the year. Yes. And so our categories are, uh, or our nominees are Innis, Star Wars Rebellion, Thunder and Lightning, Via Nebula, Scythe, and Mystic Veil. And I'm going to adjudicate because I've not played any of them. <laughs> so, uh, you ever played Via Nebula? Yes, you played Via Nebula. Oh, yeah, I have actually. <laughs> so, um, I told you you'll be surprised about the amount of the games on this list you play. So, um, right off the bat, I would take off Mystic Veil from this game because there's not much strategy. Yeah. It's yeah. more luck. So, yeah, Mystic Veil is the. The deck builder, um, where you're not only building your deck, but you are building your cards because your base card is blank. Yeah. Most yeah. of them yeah. are blank, and you've got the see-through cards, kind of yeah. like the cards from Gloom, and you're building them up as you go yeah. along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised that it was on this list. <laughs> I, um, basically, I put it there when I when I started building it. Yeah, that's right. You know, building the list. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, the main thing I really like about Mystic Veil is just that it reminds me of Gloom. It, they took the best part of Gloom, which is the transparent card, yes, and yeah, put and it in a real game. I don't want to say that because Gloom is a real game, really? but <laughs> the mechanics of the game of Gloom are not the part of Gloom that's fun. Which is why when they announced that digital version, which I think might be like one of the first digital versions of a Kickstarter, a board game on Kickstarter, to not succeed. Oh, did it not I succeed? I don't think it did. <coughs> I could be wrong, um, but I'm pretty sure it didn't succeed. Oh, right. Um, it didn't make any sense. Wow. It's not a game that makes any sense to do digitally. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes, this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so, that is cool. Uh, let's talk about Via Nebula. So, Via Nebula is the... The game from Space Cowboys and Martin Wallace, which is the cooperative game. It's no, it's it's a cooperative, competitive game. Yeah, it's a cooperative. Yeah, that, because no matter what you do, it benefits your opponents. Yeah, yeah. So this is the game where you're building um, he- uh, roads on these hex squares, um, and you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to connect up your buildings to resources. Yeah. Um, and then move the resources onto your buildings to get your buildings done. Once your buildings are done, you win the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're all playing for points. 
Uh, quite a lot of strategy. Yeah, I thought so. so. Yep, yeah, um, quite good. I think maybe leave that there for now. Um, one of the games we reviewed for the site was Thunder and Lightning. Yeah, I've not played this one. Yeah, this was I. I really like this. It feels like um, chess and car in card game form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a two-player game, and you uh, have got one player playing as Odin, one playing. Uh, sorry, one player playing as Thor, one player playing as Odin. Uh, not Loki. even as Loki. Loki. They're looking for Odin. Yes, they're looking for Odin. Just like the theme of the new, <laughs> the new Thor movie. Um, yeah, so um, the thing about this game though uh, is it's a retheme of an old game yeah. called uh, Zeus and Hera. Hera and Zeus. Um, still really good. Um, the rules have changed a little bit. Um, obviously, complete retheme, uh, moving from uh, Greek mythology to Norse mm-hmm. mythology. Um, but Gameplay mechanics still being the same, so um, I don't know. Yeah, we could probably leave it on at that point, but I would yeah. t- I yeah. would take it out. I think just it's going to come off anyway, just because of the stuff that's up against. Yeah. Because um, I would even lean, as much as I really like via Nebula, I would maybe lean to taking that off compared to the three that are here other than yeah. that. Because the three we have here are Inish, Star Wars Rebellion, and Scythe, and those are the greatest strategy games of this year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, do you want to talk about Star Wars Rebellion? I always want to talk about Star Wars <laughs> Rebellion. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion is a massive two-player war game. It's sort of a war game. Like it's, We've seen a trend this year and to some degree last year of these kind of simplified versions of war games. Yeah. That are still like, Star, don't get me wrong, Star Wars Rebellion still takes like week four hours to play but the actual mechanics are incredibly simple mm-hmm. um, one player is the Empire the other is the Rebellion and the Rebellion has a hidden base somewhere on the board they draw cards at the start to give them a choice of where the space is then they choose it and that base is secret then they have like starting positions and they can play some troops and stuff like that and the war starts and the way the game win, uh, the game ends is if the rebels manage to reduce the popularity basically of the the empire down to the point where it hits their you know the rebels' popularity, which the rebel popularity is always going to go up every turn. Yeah. Um, and as a result, you end up with the rebels fighting against the Empire, like, in these tiny little squabbles whenever they can, because the Empire will very quickly overwhelm them with numbers. And the Empire is trying to narrow down where the base is for the Rebels and destroy it. And they do this by, you know, expanding and conquering the whole galaxy, and by sending out probes, where they get probe cards that narrow down the places where the the rebel base definitely isn't and you just end up with this really cool asymmetrical war game that is really simple to play because you have a hand of cards that are all of the actions you can take every turn yes and you assign them to one of the leaders of your army send that leader somewhere to do that action and that's it yeah like everything's explained in the cards 
There's a little bit more rules about how you get troops and stuff like that, and there's some combat that's a bit dice rolly and stuff. But overall, like, it's super simple, and it's really good. Um, yeah. yeah. It's one of those games that you're like, oh man, that game was great, let's go again. Oh no, wait, it's been three hours, I guess I should go home. <laughs> you know, it's like, you you know how long the game is when you start playing it. You know how long the game is when you end playing it, but you also... It doesn't, you don't really it doesn't feel like you've spent three hours playing a game and then you're like, oh, well, I should go home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's one of those where it just it, it takes up so much time but it doesn't feel like it at yeah, the end. Definitely. Um, so, um, you were saying that the, the game's quite simple because there's only so much you can do. I think yeah. um, Scythe... Say it the same way. I felt really worried when we first looked at Scythe, and I was like, "Man, this is way heavier than everything I play. I'm going to be terrible at this. This could be even Mike realizes I'm not a real board gamer." Fucked <laughs> up here. Um, and then we, you like ran through it with me for like one turn, and I was like, "Oh, this is that's it. Yeah, that's all it is. Okay. I didn't really get the strategy part of it. I was doing fucking terribly, but like." you know, I got how to play it super quickly. Like, the way Scythe works is you have a little token and you can move it between four different spots on your board and that, the slot that you move it to determines what you can do that turn. And it steps you, to, it's literally got like a list. It literally just goes step by step and you're just like, this turn I can, if I go on this spot, I can uh, create two things from somewhere. So I can create wood and I can create people because I have yeah. a worker on wood and I have a worker on people um, and that's it sort of thing and it's super simple mm -hmm. and it, there's also so much of it it's like yes. massive like Star Wars is massive because there's tons of pieces for just the different types of units yes yeah. Yeah. South is massive because there's like 40 different score trackers going at the same time <laughs> And at any given time, like someone could be like, ah, I'm I'm I've got a star because my popularity is up full, and you've lost a star because your military makes too low, and uh, I have more money than you. So it's like, oh god, I don't understand any of it, but it seems <laughs> really cool. <laughs> yeah, um, it it is the the whole engine build the. Um, once you get your your engine working, uh, because um, you know doing something uh, may you may be able to move you know two units uh, in the beginning, but if once you start upgrading things and paying extra costs, you may be able to move three units at a time. Yeah, and then um, you know you may make uh, the cost of deploying your mechs a little bit cheaper yeah yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it's the whole thing with um, in inside anyway where war is it might not be worth it yeah. you can have these mechs and you can um, attack people but sometimes it may not it might not be worth it because yeah. the the resources that you need to spend in terms of combat cards that you use for, for combat and things like that um, the other thing that I love about it as well is that you can you can put your your mechs or your characters they're the only the the only um, types of units that can attack in the game. Yeah, yeah. But let's say Paul, you've got your farmers 
your workers and they're working on the forest and they're cutting down trees. I can come in with my mech and scare you off, chase you off with the threat of war. I can't mm-hmm. attack you, but what happens is I scare you off. So your guys fuck off and they leave all this wood, which I now can use. But I lose popularity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And losing popularity is far... It, it's a hell of a cost Yeah. to scare <coughs> you off to gain... Four pieces yeah. of I wood. About, I, was, I was about to ask you, though, what happens if my guys weren't they shite bags? No, your people are always shite bags. Yeah, they're always. And, I'm, I'm aware of the case of the game. <laughs> no, just in general. Um, yeah, and also there's, like, it, it's not super relevant to this category in a lot of ways, but um, there's also the event cards that I don't think either of us really kind of expected them to be yeah. much of a thing. Like, I know you've done a lot of a run through, your, through yourself to learn the rules, but yeah. there's little campfires that you can go to uh, with, I think just with your main character, but I don't yeah. think your main yeah, can activate them. Yeah, just your main um, character. And then you get these little kind of like encounter cards that yeah, are like, you went to a farm and you found um, some farmers there that, you know, had been conscripted to join the war. You can either, you know, pull some strings to get them out of being conscripted and your popularity goes up. Yeah. Or you can uh, force them to go and join the army and your popularity goes down but your might goes up because you have more soldiers. Yeah. yeah. Or you can gun them down or something because the third option is always stupid. It's always just like, yeah. be a cunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is it's this, uh, these mini quests that you go on and the one, one of the ones that we found which we thought was quite cool was... Uh, on your travels, you come across these bunch of kids playing in a treehouse, a tree fort, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're playing war. And uh, your first option is that uh, you can um, you you can just uh, stop and watch these kids playing, yeah. and your I don't, uh, was it your popularity goes up? Something goes up. Something like that. Yeah. Your second option was to you know give the kids some money, and so your money goes down. You pay some money. And you gain, uh, I think you gained, I don't remember. How you gain power or something? You gain, but you. Oh gain no! Wait, no! It's if you watch them, you gain power. Yeah, watch uh, them gain power. And if you pay them money, you gain popularity. Yes, that was it. Yeah, and the third option, <laughs> the third option was you paid popularity, and you cut down their tree to show <laughs> them that life is cruel. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> And you gain four yeah. wood or something. I didn't expect like, to have a sense of humour. I'll be yeah. 100% honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really funny. Um, so, uh, just moving on, the last game that we need to talk to, or talk about, sorry, is um, Inish. Yeah. So, we've spoken about Inish on the podcast, um, or I think I've spoken about it. Um, yeah. Inish is an area control game, a little bit of a war game as well, yeah. where you are playing Celtic clans yep. uh, up to four players, and you are looking to be the clan who has the the most area, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the yeah. chieftain of the the most areas, um, and if you do that, you win. Um, yep. the, uh, the biggest thing about Inish is um, the way that you. There's only certain moves that you can do, certain things that you can do, and they are split amongst, um, if you're playing a four-player game, 16 cards. Yeah, yeah. These 16 cards are drafted between all four players, so you only have access to four of those cards. Yeah. 
um, and at, on your turn there's only so there'll be only some certain things you can do um, and but by the time of your second or third round of the game you are already trying to you already have a strategy yeah. and it may be just to thinly spread your guys out across all the fields all the, the different lands yeah. or you may be trying to put all your guys in one place and then in in two swift movements you know just ferry them out yeah. which is possible as well which is pretty much what my girlfriend did yes where she ended up with a massive amount of troops in basically the centre spot on the map and then got the ability to move as many people to as many places from one spot. And so she just moved everyone everywhere. <laughs> it's just and took just over everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it took over, but one of the win conditions is just have people in six locations. <coughs> and by doing that, mean? she was everywhere. She had people in, in seven places, it turned out, and I made the game. And <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, by, by miscounting. I miscounted, because I wiped... Both her and Mike off of part of a map. Yeah. Thinking they were equal, because I thought they both had six. I was like, okay, I wipe both of them out. They're not tied in. We'll roll down at five, or I think I was at four, but you know, roll down. It turns out Leanne had seven, so I knocked Mike down to five, Leanne to six, and she won the game. Oh. <laughs> so, so um, the other the other thing that happens is before you win the game, you basically have one of one of the moves that you have to do is take what they call the pretender to the throne. Or pretenders of the crown, you have to take this token, and all this does is lets everyone know that you are basically one one move away from winning the game. It's yes. like saying checkmate. Yeah. yeah. Or sorry, so saying check. Yes, yeah. It's giving everyone fair warning, and the idea then is that everyone then, you know, rallies around like crazy to stop that from happening, yeah. either by getting themselves into the same position as the person that's winning, or knocking them down a peg. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I love this as well. It's um, I really like it. Yeah. Um, In terms of strategy, though, it is very strategic. Yeah. The game out of all these that I like the most, just, you know, off the top of my head is Star Wars. Yeah, I think Star Wars has a lot of movement. Yeah, like, uh, it's just there's so many little bits of it. The fact that it's so asymmetrical, like. All these other games, like Scythe, is somewhat asymmetrical as well because you have all these different uh, classes and races and stuff like that. Yeah. I've not played enough of it to really know how much of a difference those are. Yeah. I assume a decent amount because yeah. I've heard things like I've heard they're pretty different. Yeah. Um, like even the game we played seemed pretty different because I was playing as the Nords, which went that meant that my workers had the ability to travel across rivers. So early on, you had to basically build a mech so that you could move workers yes. across rivers. I didn't have a make that entire game because I was just spreading my workers and they were just swimming. Just like, I can get over there, it's fucking yeah. fine, whatever. I'm a Nord, I can do what I want. Yeah, um, and even when I had my make, I could only move to certain squares. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't just go, you know, indiscriminately exactly. across a river. I think you needed an upgrade to move your make across the river as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. so I needed to make sure that I built the right make to gain the, the correct benefit. Yeah. yeah. So. But as Kim had duck. Yeah, he, he had the duck people. Exactly. Um, they, have little, they have little fins on their head. Yeah. <laughs> the thing they're supposed to be just weird looking helmets, but they do look like fins. Um, but still, I just love the, the hidden roll, no, the hidden, not roll, but the hidden base mechanic in Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Like, I love this weird like game of hide and seek you have where 
you end up seeing like the rebels like if a rebel's playing well you end up seeing them build up like a sizable army yes and as the empire you're like do I spread myself thin so that I can find the planet quicker and just mm-hmm. spread up but then if the rebels attack me they have enough stuff to you know, wipe out parts of my army and weaken yeah. me a bit and that's not really much of an issue because I'm the empire so I can just build more <laughs> time. but it's an issue in that if they slow down my progress to one part of the map and that's where they are, yeah. I'm kind of buggered. Or if I show up at their base and only have one Stormtrooper, I can't really take it. <laughs> um, on the other hand, if you show up on their base with a Death Star, they're fucked. <laughs> they're fucked. Um, yeah, I just really love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, our strategy game of the year is Star Wars Rebellion, yep. with the runners-up being Scythe and Inish. Sounds yep. good to me. Cool. Uh, moving swiftly on, we've got the two-player game of the year, uh, and uh, the nominees for this are Thunder and Lightning, Twilight Squabble, The Shot and Totten, Star Wars Rebellion, <laughs> uh, Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu, and Beyond Baker Street. So, um... Right off the bat, um, Twilight Squad Wobble is a two-player version of um, Twilight Struggle. Twilight Struggle. Twilight Twilight Struggle is a two-player game anyway, but this is a ten-minute game, and basically what it boils it down to is the card version of Rock Paper Scissors. Yeah. So you have given you each player has got three cards. Um, The game's played over three ages, and each age you're given three cards, um, uh, numbered one, two, and three. Uh, you then play a card, and to see whoever's got the highest value wins wins that round. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But there are other things that you can do. Cards can count, counter other cards. You've got yeah. a double agent that can cancel out a movement and things. So there's a little bit of strategy in it as well. Um, quite a neat little game, um, and it's it's good. But um, I'm happy to say, remove that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Has any of us played Beyond Baker Street two player? I put it on here because I intended to, but I never actually. Oh right, it. I did. Okay. <laughs> um, I did say two player. Um, it is. It works quite well. Um, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I'd imagine it would. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> Especially if you know the person you're playing relatively well. Yeah. Um, which is fine. It works quite well. <laughs> it's really hard game. because it is a very <laughs> difficult game. Um, and then there are difficulty modifying cards so yeah. you yeah. can just play the harder cards yeah. if you're doing so, too well yeah, um, I think it's quite good as, as a two play game um, uh, so Star uh, we've got Star Wars Rebellion we've spoken about that um, Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu is yeah, this. right so this is Pandemic with a Cthulhu setting that is it I really like Pandemic and it works really well too there, so I guess that's probably pretty great. Yeah, um, so I would be happy to leave that on. Thunder and Lightning, again, I really like that, um, but it's quite difficult when you know not many people have uh, yeah. played. Um, these, this was a category that um, we wanted to play. And um, yeah. uh, 
Uh, but we never really got around to playing a lot of games on it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think if we left it with, um, uh, let's see, if we left Star Wars Rebellion, I think is the yeah. is the best two player experience. I don't think I played the most two player. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Beyond Baker Street, I would say is, is quite close to it. Yeah. I. I I bought that with the express purpose of playing it two-player, and, and ended up only playing it four-player. <laughs> um, but I will get around to it, because yeah. I love Beyond Baker Street. Cool. So, uh, for the time the time being, and the uh, game, because, one, because it's fantastic, and it is, it it works for two-player, the box does say you can play four-player, but I don't see how that can work. Star Wars Rebellion, yeah, I've not yeah. tried it four-player, but it doesn't seem like... No. Star Wars Rebellion is our two-player game of the year. Yeah, cool. With uh, Pandemic Green and Cthulhu and Beyond Baker Street, the runners up. Um, cool. Next up, we've got the thematic game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be some you might want to add in, uh, but we'll see how we go. The um, nominees that we have are The Last Friday, Star Wars Rebellion, Pandemic Green of Cthulhu, Around the World in 80 Days, The Perfumer, and Dragon Keeper. Hmm. Um, I would say take last Friday off. No, I'm going to fight you on that one. You're going to fight me on that. I, one. I will fight you too. I, I really liked it, but I just also didn't like the length of it. Yeah, right. I think the theme is the one thing that this game actually does yeah, right. Does so well. Yeah, yeah so, so this, is, is, this is the place it should be. Yeah. 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 I'll give you that. So, um, fabled fruit. It really nailed <laughs> that. That fruit smoothie theme it was going for. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, talk about um, the perfumer, which you spoke about in the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. Um, the perfumer is a simple worker placement game, but then it adds this mechanic in where um, you have these scratch and sniff cards. Yes. And basically, what you're trying to do is the there is um, a recipe. That says you need to uh, you need to figure out you know um, you make a perfume and it's got made up of three ingredients, but then you need to identify the which smell is which. Yeah. Um, and it is it adds on it takes a simple worker placement game, um, the probably the lightest uh, worker placement game I've seen, yeah. and it just adds this little mechanic on but the 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 theme carries through even down to the design of the game board the game board is a big circle yeah uh, where it has uh, it's kind of the hub where everything is and um, on the outskirts of each of the of the circle there's seven seven cities that you can go to and each city is just basically a, a block card and it's added you put it onto the join it onto the circle. Mm-hmm. So when you add all of the cities onto this big circle, it looks like a flower petal. Yeah. A flower yeah. with the petals coming off it. It's a real pretty game. Yeah, it is quite pretty. Um, and, yeah, I think, just to give it a little mention, um, here is fine. That there are games that do the, take the theme and run with it a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's worth, it's worth being mentioned. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Around the world in 80 days. I really, really like it, but theme-wise, yeah. it's not the best thematic game. Right. 
It looks more like Monopoly than it looks like <laughs> around the world. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah the, the board is not the best, is it? Yeah. And no. All of the money is in tokens rather than yes, the or cards rather than coins or something. Yeah, that yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite bizarre. It is an, an excellent game. Um, we have spoken about it. When you're moving, uh, you know, you are racing around the board to get where you need to be. Um, but in, in terms of steam, yeah, it's there are other things, that stronger things. Um, so, I know you haven't played Dragon Keeper, but you have both seen it and you've yes. seen it built up and things like that. Yeah. It's really freaking cool. Yeah. The so the the game um, you actually build the game box into a dungeon. Yeah. It's real cool. So you build it into three levels. Best so use of a box of twenty <laughs> Yeah. The the theme is actually yeah. really really good because um, the top layer of the box is where you start the game and you move the dragon about and you move the pieces. Yeah. Um, the center tile is a staircase. So whoever gets that staircase is the they they get to take the top of the box off once there's no more moves that can be played. They get to take the top level off and move into the, the second level and they start off the second level. Yeah. And they do the same with the third level, whoever gets that. Um yeah, for a simple set collection game, it has a very strong theme. Um, and I am actually, I would be inclined to put that there and take off uh, Pandemic Re- Reign of Cthulhu. Yeah. 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 Uh, Reign of Cthulhu, it's, I, I like the setting, I like what they've done with uh, Pandemic and they've, they've made it fresh with the Cthulhu theme, but at the end of the day, it's still Pandemic. Yeah. 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 I think you didn't play uh, the other Pandemic the Iberia. Iberia. No, no. Yeah. No, we... Um, no, I, I'm kind of tempted to pick it up. I've heard good things. Yes, yeah. But I've also heard it's more pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which um, is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not no, it's not. No, Pandemic's very good. When you already have three versions of Pandemic, yeah. you know, that do you need another themed one? Yeah. Um, you should really need Pandemic, like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Star Wars Rebellion, we've spoken quite a bit about already. Um, so I don't think we really need to... Yeah. The theme is... I can be pretty, uh, made pretty clear with what the theme is. The, the theme yeah, is Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. The theme is Star Wars, and it leans into heavily with the, you know all of the hero units, all yeah. of the, um, the rebels. The way the rebels have to play is kind of thematic in a really cool way of yeah. if they just stand and fight the Empire they will lose mm-hmm. if they pick their fights if they send in a couple of X-Wings to fight against the Death Star they might win if they've got their strategies yeah. right if they have the Death Star plans and they roll a specific number and it's really hard to destroy Death Star as it turns out <laughs> um, yeah yeah but the team's pretty obvious cool. um, so the last Friday is the one that we haven't spoken about yet so this is a hidden movement game which is very very close to one of our favourites which is Letters from Whitechapel yes, yes. Um, except it's set basically like Friday the 13th <laughs> um, you are uh, five of the players will be people on a camp um, a summer camp and one person is the crazed maniac 
and he's hunting after them. Um, the game changes the first round. The hunter, uh, the maniac, goes after all the campers. Yep. Then the campers go after the maniac. Yeah. Then the maniac goes after one of the campers, and then uh, the other campers try and stop the maniac from getting after the yeah the one. They they basically net him in, so only one of them can kill the maniac. Yes. Um, the game is good. We we spoke about it on the podcast. Yeah. It does have problems and things, but in terms of pure theme, it's very good. It, yeah, yeah, it, it it is. They definitely nailed that part. Yeah, it. they nailed it. Um, I mean, in terms of the the way that the the map is built out, it just is a even when camp. you're playing it, you you feel that urgency or run like buggery. Yeah, sort of until you realise. I mean, would it be better if we just got caught? Does it, make any, <laughs> does it actually make any difference to the game? Well, yeah, when, I, when I, you first play the game, you don't know that. So yeah, I think yeah. I think the second, you know, we need to play it again. Uh, the, the the second round, I, I've read a couple of things online and I read the rules a little bit better as well. And I think there there is maybe one or two things that might. I, re- I reckon it would be fantastic with house rules. Yeah, 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 just that second chapter. Yeah, you know, just to, to kind of mix things up a bit. Yeah. Um, just the the way that they've you've got uh, all the campers, and if one of the campers gets caught in the next round, that's it. They're dead. Their body lies on the board, and you bring somebody else in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they they do in the cheap the the eighties slasher films. In the sequels, you know, it would be somebody else that comes in, and yeah, yeah they, they are just fodder for the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the next massacre. Um, I I feel very strongly that I, about the theme yeah. for, for last Friday. I think the theme is the one thing I really like. For last yeah, Friday. Um, and I would I will allow you to <laughs> <laughs> very gracious of you. Yeah, I I can't argue for the other two because I've not played them. So yeah, um, I just think it is thematically it's one of the strongest things that we played. Yeah, yeah. It, they, um, in terms of do me. You know, moving across the board. Why are you doing that? It makes thematic sense as well. Yeah. It does. It does. Um, and I think in in some of the ways, especially with the the second, the the, the second round, mm-hmm. the theme actually hurts it. I think the theme helps it because, uh, like all the slasher movies, the second act really struggles. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, when you put it that way as well, yeah. Yeah. Well. So. Um, our thematic game of the year for 2016 is The Last Friday, uh, with yep. runners-up being Dragon Keeper and Star Wars Rebellion. Yeah. So, uh, next is... Uh, oh, these ones are always painful. Um, the best are of oh. production. <laughs> Alright, let me tell you guys about Hop. <laughs> so, um, we have got... Uh, I Basically, the, the list is quite big, so I'll just run through what we've got, and we yep. can just get rid of things that you haven't seen or... Um, that we didn't really get that much time with or we don't have very strong feelings for. Yes. So the nominees are Hop, Oceanus, Sea of Clouds, Kanagawa, Around the World in 80 Days, Inish, The Last Friday, The Perfumer, The Mysterious Forest, Via Nebula, Dragon Keeper, The Dungeon, Star Wars Rebellion, Scythe, and Game of Thrones, Hand of the King. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Let the culling begin. I think um, the... Let's see, what can we get rid of? I would say possibly the perfumer 
we could uh... I've not seen that many of these so I'm going to let you be ruthless <laughs> and not put up judgement yeah, I think Perfume looks alright, but not as good as these other ones. Yeah. Um, um, I've not seen the Mysterious Forest, so I don't know about that Mysterious one. Forest uh, was uh, the one you saw with the the little mini, the the small guy uh, character who's going on the quest. Um, um, but I think we can remove it. Yeah. I think I saw pictures of it. Yes. Um, I don't think Around the World in 80 Days looks that good. Um, like some of the art looks really nice yes that board kind of does look like a monopoly board yeah it those, is quite those ugly, money yeah. are on <laughs> cards <laughs> yeah the money is on great. cards it's not great <laughs> um, I'm not going to let it go the money was on cards <laughs> yeah so, alright Camden um, Mr. Loves the Splendor Poker Chips <laughs> all the money should be on poker chips <laughs> so um, good if anyone really likes our the games that they need to do check out is um, anything that Yellow put out. Yeah, Their yeah. games are absolutely stunning. So this year they brought out Oceanus, Sea of Clouds, which is a pirate game. Kanagawa, which is a game where you're, ma- you're painting Japanese landscapes. And, uh, around the, the world. Then, yeah, Around the yeah. World in 80 Days. And I think that was it that we've got. Yeah, and The Mysterious Forest. All absolutely cracking games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of artwork and things like that. Yeah. Um, Similarly, space cowboys. Yes. Yeah, everything <laughs> they put out is, or also just the concept. Space cowboys, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you. But, um, no, the, every game they bring out is stunning. Like they brought Splendor, and it looked crazy good. They brought Via Nebula. It has one of the best like inserts for a yes, box. Yeah, just. Like, the little section of the box that you put the resource tokens in is shaped like the resource token <laughs> you put in there. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, nice little touches like that are just... I appreciate it, I think. Yeah. Because I think inserts get overlooked quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but, man, there's a lot of art that's been good. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I think... Um, the Game of Thrones, the, the Hand of the King is a... It looks really I, nice. I really like that one. I really like the art style of it. The art style is really nice. Of someone else had on, like some other art. I mean, I'll be honest, some of the characters, the way some of them looked, I, I disliked, but overall the art style is yeah. really nice. Um, it, it's a cracking little game and I do love the, the kind of, um, not informal, but it's, it's ta- it takes the edge off Game of Thrones. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, put, it puts it in this kind of comic book way. I really like it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a card game. Yeah. You know, uh, if you're looking at kind of art and production side by side, yeah. Then but on the other hand, we have Star Wars Rebellion on here. Yeah. And I love Star Wars Rebellion as a game. Yeah. I think the board looks great. I think the cards look great. Yeah. I think the there's a lot of miniatures. I don't They're think the measures all look that great. No, the, the, yeah. ship, the ships, a lot of the ships look good. Yeah. And the, the bigger ships. Yeah. The, the small X-Wings, the yeah. Y-Wings, the TIE Fighters are rubbish. They all look a bit rough. Yeah. Um, they all look like they could have used, like, someone to sit there and sand them down or something. Yeah, yeah. They feel like, a lot of them feel like they were 3D printed. Uh-huh. Very yeah, similar. Yeah. Um, and also, the the hero card things are garbage. They are the worst. The little things you put in the little plastic stands and oh. use as heroes. They're terrible. Like, 
put them together once and never take them apart because if you try to put them together multiple times they will tear oh yeah, they, yeah. a lot of mine tore the first time put them together like yes. dude they are garbage they're, yeah yeah um, yeah, I really like that game, but I don't think the production is that is no, that no. part of that game. Yeah, definitely not. Um, no. um, there's a lot of it. Yeah, but so. it's not. As yeah, um, so, so yeah, uh, we could remove that. I think, and the same, uh, you know, if you take away just the, the card <sighs> game, and that leaves us with, I think, three games for. Those with Scythe, Nebula, Inish, and Hop. Oh, yes, Ooh. yeah. Which I would recommend. I would suggest maybe removing Inish, because as nice as it looks, those figures bend. <laughs> All yeah. of them have bendy spears that are facing in various directions. <laughs> you have these scouts that are kind of in their, like, kind of um, animal fur coat things. Yeah. Leaning forward as they're <laughs> leaning, like, about to fall off the edge of a cliff. Um... <laughs> And there's nothing you could do about it, it's just, you know... Yeah, you can do the hot water trick and, and bend yeah. them back into shape and things. But on the other hand, I guess, the board is oh, it stunning. Is, it is a stunning game, it is yeah. really, really good. And all the card artwork and the board, uh, the box is beautiful. So yeah, maybe this is where he convinces himself the other direction. Yeah, like I'm going back and forth on these, like all four of these, I think, Yeah. the best of games. Um, Scythe uses... That artwork amazing. Oh, that that artwork is amazing. Uh, I love the the just the world that they've created. Yeah. Um, it is one. I didn't think too much of it until I got the game and opened up the box and seen everything else. Yeah, like yeah. you originally weren't going to buy it until I said I was buying it, and then you were like, "Oh, wait, maybe I'll look at it again." And then you were like, "Oh, it's in the shop. I'll just buy it." And yes. I didn't get my copy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because it was one of those. I I thought um, that it was more, you know, more of a war game. I think so everyone does. Yeah, and then it's only once you start reading up on it and get more in depth with it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a war game at all. No, like not at all. War is part of it, but it's not a war game. Yeah. Um, it's just, there is some battling. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. But it kind of seems like battling is highly discouraged. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Hop is. Just fantastic in terms of its production. Yeah, it is beautiful. You could even argue. I mean, it has been argued that it is overproduced for what it is. You know that that big score tracker, that cloud. It's unnecessary. You, yeah, it is unnecessary, but it's. I'm glad it has it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so nice. Those toys Those are god yes. little characters. Which I think they need to be called toys rather than miniatures because it's what they are. Yeah. Um, they are produced to that higher quality that they're actually really they, high quality they're toys. Sturdy. They, they're sturdy. They're yeah. sturdy as hell. And they're unnecessary. You don't use them for anything. No, no. no. You just have them in front of you. You go, I'm level one, so I put this on the level one. Yeah, you move, the <laughs> you move these really highly produced yeah. quality little things off a score tracker. Yeah. yeah. It would be like if um, Munchkin came with fucking high quality toys you used to put on the score tracker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think in terms of, you know, high quality components and things, I probably would take Via Nebula out of there, out of the four of them. Yeah, like I love all four of them almost equally, so. Yeah. I just, you know, whichever one you've got cut, do it. Right, okay, so I've done that, and now we need to see whether Hop, Inish, or Scythe. I really like the I, I mean, but I would. Also Hop. 
I'd, yeah, I would go hop. I'd definitely go one of those two. Like, as yeah. much as I really like how Inish looks, like the bendy, the bendy, yes, it kind yeah. of ruins it a little bit for me. I bet you would never see the characters in Hop bend like that. No. <laughs> the so, giant chunks of metal. Yeah, so definitely... But not metal puppets. So, Hop or... I should think metal. Hop or Scythe. I'm going to... I'm throwing my hat in for Hop and I'm letting you to battle it out. I can go for Hop. Those yeah. toys look fantastic. They, they do, they the are. The tokens look fantastic. The balloon tokens look fantastic. The Everything looks really <laughs> good. The one thing I would say... You had to get a promo from Essenceville to get a double-sided one of the rainbows. Yeah. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that is the one factor that lets that game The well, one thing is the rainbow ring that you throw has only got a stick on one side of it. What is this bullshit? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so our best art and production for the year is surprisingly Hop, with the runners-up being... Not surprising at, at all. Yeah, not that surprising at all. So next we have um, Card Game of the Year. Yes. Uh, so nominees for this are Beyond Baker Street. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mystic Veil. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thunder and Lightning. Yep. Uh, Agula Karuta. Mm-hmm. Fable Fruit. And Game of Thrones Hand of the Game. Mm. Um, so I'm going to... So off the bat I would say... Uh, Agula Karuta, as fun as it is, um, Go. it is really a 400-year-old card game. This is just the English version of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Did it come out this year in the English version? Didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, well, here's the thing. The, the, the version that we have came out this year, but the, the base version, so the, the game that we played yeah. um, with the poetry that we played, that came out on its own separately in 2014. Oh. oh. Yeah. Fuck it. Dead. <laughs> this is dead, dead, dead to you. Um, excellent. Okay. Um, I will. Ha- uh, Thunder and lightning. I will remove. Okay. Okay. Um, just following the logic that we've been using. That none of us play it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would probably say take away hand of the king. I didn't play it, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, just mainly because it's... And this is going to be like a bullshit reason, but it's not as complex or as in-depth as... Uh, I don't know, Fable for is really basic. Yeah, but even Hand of the King, I would say, was more basic than that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm... Yeah, I... I'm happy to do that. Um, to take that out of the way. Um, I think it's got the shout-out that... Oh, it's a really yeah. good game. Yeah. But you know, at its core, it is a it's a movement game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, you're not really playing with the cards as much. Yeah. Yeah, like you can play that game with, you know, bits of paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could be, but you could play with uh, little. Yeah. They could have given you little miniatures of all the characters. Yes. That would have also worked. Yeah. And would have put it in the production section. <laughs> if so they were built the same way as the Hop one. Jesus, that cost a fortune. This £400 board game. <laughs> so we have uh, Beyond Baker Street, Mystic Veil, vale, and Fabled Fruit. So Fabled Fruit is the only one of those that we really haven't spoken about yet. Yeah. So Fabled Fruit is 
it uses a it's called a fable game is what a stronghold games and Friedman Fries the guy that designed it is calling it it is essentially it's a card game where the rules change as you play it yeah um, and unlike a legacy game you're not destroying those parts so you can reset the game back to square one yeah at any point when you're happy yeah um, so yeah, I think there's not much more you would really want to say about that. On your turn, uh, basically the game starts in a very, very simple format. Yeah, you have fruit. Where you have fruit. You, you, your cards, the cards in your hand are uh, fruit cards. And there are five different types of fruit. And uh, the cards on the table all have a certain value. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. So to buy one, you may need to pay four pieces of coconut. So you pay four coconuts, you get that card. Um, so on your turn you can either go to put your your player piece on a card and buy that card or you can do the rule you can abide by the rule of the card so the card may say if you land on this card you pick two pieces of fruit from the deck into your hand there's other other rules that happen Um, some of them get weird yeah and so what happens is once you buy one of the rules so uh, the first person, if you're playing, let's uh, say, a five-player game, the person to buy five p- five cards, yeah, they win the game. So when you buy one of the cards and you turn it face down and put it in front of you to signify that you have one of the uh, fabled fruit juices, then um, that card gets replaced from a stack um, of rules. There are 50, 59 different rules in the game, yep. and there are four copies of each rule. So once you buy up four of those cards, that rule is gone and it will never enter your game again. Yes. You know, as long as you're playing with that, that specific yeah. rule set. But if you wanted to put it in again, you put it in again. You yeah. can put it in again. You can reset the game and, and put it back in. Um, it's a, it's quite an exciting thing. I, um, it is pretty cool that I you really could effectively never play the same game twice if you chose to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then by the time you've played through you know, you've had all the rules, you can then... A reset, and you're not going to have remembered half of them. Yeah, or if you wanted, you could make up... You you could build your own game and say, right, well, these are the rules that we really liked, yeah. and if you're playing with the same people over and over again, you can just play a constant game with the, yeah, this rule set. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes with a little diary thing that you can put down the basically the, the last cards you had in the game so that you can just recreate the starting conditions. But you could do that for multiple. So you could play with different groups of friends and yes. go... So it's not just, this is the version of the game we have gotten to. I mean, this is the version of the game that me, Paul, and you have gotten to. And then the other group of friends I play with, I just write down the starting cards for those ones. Yeah. And then do it again. Whereas a legacy game, I would need to have two copies of Pandemic Legacy to do that. Exactly, yeah. Um... So it is. I, I quite like the idea of it, and they have said that this is only the first game that they're going to use this system. But they are going to yeah. do other games and other themes and things. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be interested to, and it's. I look forward to seeing what. Yeah, they it's a very good I, first game. Yeah. yeah. It is very light. It's worth noting. It's like it's. Oh, it's, it's super it's light. Super, it's super, super light, fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, th- we have only played the kind of the. The first stage. Yeah, the, the first stage. Of the game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are still loads of components. We don't know what they do. Yeah. There's these little cardboard cutouts of certain things. We don't know what they do. Yeah. Now, the, the book comes with uh, kind of like a rule index. You can read up on those, 
the the other part of the rule book is um, it's like two pages long, so it will only tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, and it tells you. Yeah, you can read them, but yeah. don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can always spoil it for yourself. Yeah. It'd be more fun just to let it come up. Yeah, actually. So, um, right, we've had Beyond Baker Street, Mystic Vale, and Fable Fruit. Yeah. What do you think was the card game of the year? I don't know. I really like Beyond Baker Street. Um, I, I did like Beyond Baker Street, Mystic Vale. I did like... Um, I enjoyed Mystic Vale, but at its core, it fell apart for me where the part where it's a deck builder. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's another deck builder, and it can be played... It, it feels like sometimes that the, the other people you're playing with are just... Yeah, they're there. Yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not playing against them until at the end when you're counting up points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing that they do is they're annoying bastards who buy the card bef- you want before you get announced. <laughs> yeah. That true, is it. True. Um... Yeah, whereas Beyond Big Street is you're constantly talking to people. Yes. You're limited in what you can <coughs> say, but you're yeah. constantly talking to people. Yeah. Um, the interaction is such good. Yeah, I I would be happy with Beyond yeah. Baker Street or Fabled Fruit being the card game of the year. Personally, I would go Beyond Baker Street. Yep. I, I, I I'm not going to disagree. I've been really it. interesting that all of the card games we have here are kind of like implementations of other games mechanics into a thing like Fable Fruit is basically a legacy system uh, Beyond Baker Street is um, uh, Hanabi and uh, Mystic Vale is you know a deck builder with Gloom's feature cards <laughs> yeah, yeah. like all of them are kind of taking bits from other stuff but they're all really good yeah yeah so um but yeah, I think um, yeah, I yeah, Beyond Baker Street. Yeah, our card game of the year is Beyond Baker Street with uh, Mystic Vale and Fable Fruit. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that works good. for me. I own two or three of those games. <laughs> I own none of those games, but I played one of them. <laughs> book has cards. <laughs> so we have um, six categories left. Oh jeez. So, uh, shall we take a break and then we can... Yeah, we shall cut this into two parts, I do believe. Right. So, we will uh, see you tomorrow um, for our final part of Game of the Year, and then we will power through these, and then we can all get some sleep. Yay. Bye.